Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hi, this is Steve Wood. Thanks for joining us again in Luke 21 as we study biblical prophecy and we're looking in the epistles of First and Second Thessalonians. In our last episode, we talked about the importance of getting a context for what we're studying. In other words, you just don't want to just dive bomb into a particular verse and try to understand what that verse means apart from the context surrounding it. So if we're studying a verse of any book of the Bible, we want to look at at least the paragraph it's found in. But in addition, what I did last episode is show you seven verses in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians that talk about tribulation as a life situation, a context that Paul was writing to. In other words, it was a very real life situation that gave rise to him composing this epistle, and we want to pay attention to that. Now, that might have been shocking because I realize a lot of people, particularly in the United States and Great Britain, have been told that First and Second Thessalonians contain the promise that there will be no tribulation suffered by Christians. So that might have been a little bit of a shock to see that First Thessalonians does, in fact, talk about tribulation as a situation that they're living in. Not that something that might happen, it was happening. Now, what we want to do this time is looking at the entire New Testament, getting a context of the New Testament. What did Paul say to other churches? What did Jesus say about tribulation? So I'd like to start with two verses that we looked at last time from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. St. Paul said that no one be moved by these afflictions. And the word afflictions in the Revised Standard Version is the same word that's used in other parts of the New Testament for tribulation. So affliction or tribulation. You yourselves know that this is to be our lot. In other words, this is the normal Christian life, not something abnormal, normal. For when we were with you, verse 4, we told you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction or tribulation, just as it has come to pass and as you know. So that's the context, the living context in Thessalonica. What about the wider context of the New Testament? In other words, are we living perhaps in the United States having experienced freedom from a lot of tribulation and persecution that so many Christians around the world throughout history have experienced, has that kind of blinded us to see a message that's plain as day in the New Testament? So let's look at the wider context in the New Testament, and a great place to start is the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom, and the patient endurance was on the isle called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Now, notice carefully 
what St. John is doing. He's setting up something for the entire book of Revelation. This is part of the introduction to the book of Revelation. And what St. John is doing is building a connection between himself and the recipients of the book of Revelation. And when it says, I, John, your brother who share with you, this is a very powerful word in the Greek New Testament. Many of you have heard of a koinonia group. It comes from a Greek word koinonos, which means to share intimately. And this word is a compound word. I share intimately with you. I'm like a co-partner. I'm a participant with you in tribulation. And that's the life context for the entire book of Revelation. Now, you might differ with individual verses, and we're going to, in the future, look at those verses in Revelation. And you may differ with the interpretation we give in Thessalonica, but you have to look at the life situation. And if you go back now to 1 Thessalonians, you'll notice that St. Paul does the exact same thing in chapter 1 and verse 6 when he says this, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction or tribulation with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. So you see, St. Paul and St. John were both experiencing in their own lives tribulation and affliction and persecution, and they're writing to people who were experiencing it present tense. And in the book of Revelation, there was something massive coming their way, and he wanted to warn them, and it's not something he's writing from the ivory tower. He is experiencing the tribulation that he's warning about. Now, why is tribulation something normal? It's not just something that somebody other than us are going to experience some future point in history, but this is the normal Christian life. And why is that? Well, you notice St. John says in Revelation 1, I who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom. Now, if you're like me, it's very easy to take life in the United States as kind of the norm. This is the way God wants everything for eternity. But, you know, the kingdom of God is radically different than the kingdoms of this world. And like in the weather, if you have a warm front encountering a cold front, two vastly different fronts, what do you get? You get a huge storm. Well, the same thing happens when the kingdom of this world encounters the kingdom of God. There's persecution. And this is just what happens with Christianity throughout the time of the church right up until the second coming. So that's the book of Revelation. That's just the beginning context that John sets for the whole letter. What about Jesus himself? What did he say about tribulation in the Christian life? John chapter 16 and verse 33 is a great place to start. Jesus saying this, I have this to say to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
And this word tribulation on the lips of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, that is the precise same word in Greek as used for tribulation seven times in First and Second Thessalonians, as well as St. John's introduction in Revelation 1, 9. And then he writes Matthew 13, verse 20. This is the parable of the sower and the seed. And what was sown on rocky ground? This is he who hears the word. In other words, the context right here isn't somebody who never pays any attention to the Bible, never goes to church, and never hears the word of God read. No, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. It's, it's a strong emotional response. But Jesus goes on in Matthew thirteen twenty one, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. You might want to ask me a question, and actually you should have asked me this question. Why in the world are you doing Luke 21? I asked myself the question, why am I doing Luke 21 rather than playing golf or fishing down in Sarasota? It's because of Matthew 13. Because when the heat comes, the tendency, if the word is received superficially, thinking that this this is just going to make me happy and avoid problems and especially avoiding suffering and, and extra especially, it's going to keep me from having tribulation. You are have a high probability of falling away. That's why the Catechism of the Catholic Church says this in section 675. This is why I'm doing Luke 21. It says, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a fiery trial that will shake the faith of many believers. And my goal in Luke 21 is that your faith is not shaken, that you understand that this is what we signed up for. Being a follower of Jesus Christ is willing to undergo tribulation. Why? Because Jesus underwent tribulation. We're his followers. We follow in the path he led. And the path to glory goes through tribulation, not escaping from it. What about St. Paul? Did he have anything else to say other, about tribulation other than First and Second Thessalonians? He did. In Acts 14 and verse 22, it says, And strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. There's no exit ramp. There's no detour. It's straight through tribulations is the normal Christian life. And then St. Paul says in Romans 8, starting in verse 13, it's the spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This is a promise beyond all comprehension. In other words, all the blessings 
and the abundance of the kingdom of God for eternity that God is going to bestow on his son, Jesus Christ, in the plan of God, which I can't quite get my head around, he is going to include us as fellow heirs with him in all of that inheritance. This is literal. This will actually happen. But there's one little part of this verse which says that we'll be fellow heirs with Christ. It goes on, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Everybody wants to be glorified with him, and there's no question about desiring that. But it's very easy to fall into the temptation of accepting the message of escape from tribulation. I mean, who wants it? I don't want it. But this is exactly what the Bible says. And we shouldn't base our view of truth on what we want. We base our views of truth on what the Bible actually says, not what we want it to say. And honestly, promises to Christians that they will not suffer persecution and tribulation and affliction are not Christian promises. It has nothing at all to do with Christianity. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and I would ask you to tell just two or three friends that Luke 21 is now on YouTube, and a lot of people would want to catch us on that channel. Thanks for joining us. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.